Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Grow Like a Pro. And I don't know about you, but I feel like there's something different about this week. I know. I can't play I can't place my finger on it, Adam. What is it? It's video. <laughs> we are here. I am Adam. This is Jason. And this Hello is world. the Grow Like a Pro show. Not live, but in video form. Finally on and, video. Uh, and we are well, this is only the beginning because actually on in a couple days, no, well the day we're listening the podcast goes live, we're actually redoing our studio. We're adding TVs yeah, and right. panels and moving this disgusting window over there yep. and doing all that stuff but <laughs> it's uh it's exciting times for girl like a pro and that's it's right. fun it took us 13 episodes to get to video but we're here and i would like to say we're not looking back that's right and i'm pretty impressed for 13 episodes to go from where we started to oh, where yeah. we are right now and see this kind of track record and i guess you know even our growth in our audience you know we obviously adam and i couldn't do this without you guys so we yeah we you. love your support um if you um like our shows please regularly you know share it on your uh, online with your different social media accounts um share it with people in your network you know if you're at work share it with them if you're with your family and you're getting some valuable information share with them too when you're walking down the street punch someone in the face and say yeah, listen to girl like right. a pro because uh, well, maybe not that <laughs> i mean well i will get their attention yeah i was gonna say their bruises will grow like a pro <laughs> there you go <laughs> but yeah we, we do want to encourage people to you know review us on itunes like our and subscribe to our youtube channel where you can watch all of our content and we're actually next month going to be going to the west coast of san francisco yep. and los angeles to do vlogs and live recordings and guests that on the other side of the country so there's That's a lot right. of exciting stuff coming and you know as always we do want to rem- remind people if they want to be a part of the show if they want to be on the show Send your questions and your topics and everything to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And now they can see the wave. That's hello right. at growlikeaproshow.com. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's that's a lot of the exciting stuff. But this mm-hmm. week we have a really cool guest, someone who we both know very well and who has been a, a awesome supporter of the show and yep. of his, his brand and of The Basement Doctor, which is one of the, I think, iconic brands and most loyal and trusted brands in the Columbus area, the Midwest, and now the mm-hmm. country. That's right. I know with their new franchise opportunity, they're going to be all over the country. So it's going to be um, awesome for yeah. them. Yeah. And, you know, Ed, he, he has a huge history in sales and in, you know, in marketing and in growing a company and a business. And he's got a lot of really interesting lessons and stories. And he's a he's a cool guy. And this episode of the Grow Like Pro Show is brought to you by the Basement Doctor franchise. The Basement Doctor franchise has one of the best franchise opportunities in our opinion adam uh in the industry there's no other trusted brand that's offering this kind of opportunity with a turnkey operation and a fast track to market yeah and each franchise gets designated territories ongoing sales and installation training website and lead generation national call center and you know if i may use a saying from one of our old shows it's a one-stop shop that's right it's for anyone in the construction industry or the you know waterproofing industry or whatever to get a chance to grow their business grow their brand focus on what they do best Mm -hmm. and allow someone who's been doing it for 30 years to do everything else that's right for more information, if you want to become a franchisee, go to basementdoctorfranchise.com to be able to get all the information that you need. And we, we do have to say that RRG Brands LLC is the franchiser of the Basement Doctor franchises. The offer of a franchise can only be made by delivery of a franchise disclosure document. And with that, it's time for Ed Meyer and the Basement Doctor franchise. We have a special guest with us today, the wonderful Ed Meyer from the mm-hmm. Basement Doctor and Basement Doctor franchise. Welcome, Ed. Woo-hoo. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so enthusiastic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we love the energy. It's just so fantastic. But, uh, yeah, you guys need to check out the video to this, too. Hey, I mean, speaking of which. No, you this get is, to see all of Ed's body language. This, yeah. this, this is exciting because this will be our first full video episode of Grow yep. Like a Pro. And Ed has been a, a wonderful guinea pig, if I do say so yep, myself. Sure. Of trying to, we, we've been moving tables around and cameras, but I think mm-hmm. we, we have a good idea. But Jason and I were just talking that, uh, you know, in about a year, this we'll look at this set and be like, what the hell were you guys thinking? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But it's exciting because we want to take Grow Like a Pro to a lot of cool things and cool places and video is, mm-hmm. you know, the way, the place where it should well, be. Well, one of the next big uh, trips we've got planned, Adam, is to the West Coast. We're going to uh, LA and San Fran. That's true. So we'll uh, be interviewing some awesome guests that we've got planned over there. So that should be really exciting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Grow, like, Grow Like a Pro is becoming global very quickly. That's right. So Absolutely. it's going to be good stuff. But that's not important. What is important is Ed. <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Um, we'd like to just kind of start off with kind of having you introduce yourself to our guests and kind of tell a little bit more about who Ed Meyer is. Sure. Uh, I uh, w- you know, started my career as an uh, uh, in-home sales rep for The Basement Doctor uh, way back in 1999. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day and... Um, you know, it was back before we even had pay f- our uh, cell phones. You know, we had we had a pager, and uh, we used to have to uh, stop. Uh, there was no at Twitter, the, or Facebook. There was no, There was nothing. What? Yeah, there was nothing. We. How did you, you post know, your food? You you were cool if you had a pager <laughs> and the pager went off and everybody could hear the pager go off. But uh, yeah, we get a page. We'd get a page. We'd have to stop at the. Uh, at a uh, payphone and call in uh, to the office with the one eight hundred number in wow. order to. Uh, to communicate with the office. So interesting, obviously nowadays there's so many different ways that you can communicate. We mm-hmm. we call, we text, we email, you know, we message. You're using a beautiful a, iPad right now that I want to steal very badly. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. God, these new iPads are so pretty. It is. It's beautiful. So uh, that's kind of where I started my career way back in 1999. Um, in 2002, I moved to Columbus, Ohio and went to work for Ron Greenbaum, the basement doctor. Uh, previous guest sales of like a pro yeah, yeah as, right. as a sales rep and just kind of worked my way up i worked my way up to a sales manager probably around 2004 2005 uh, i was terrible i uh, got fired and uh, went back to being a sales rep until about 2009 uh, after i had matured a little bit and uh, took back over again as sales manager and mm-hmm. um, at that point uh, things kind of clicked uh, 2000 and uh, 16 uh, became the general manager and operations manager for our local basement doctor uh, company. And now I'm involved in the uh, franchise portion of the company and uh, looking to uh, put basement doctors over the entire country. That's That's super exciting. Yeah, a lot lot going on. And I mean, there's a lot of information that you kind of just gave to us, but I'd like to kind of go back to the beginning about when you first met Ron, because some of our listeners are familiar with Ron Greenbaum. So I'd I'd be curious of, you know, what what do you remember about your first impression with Ron and how did you get involved with the Basement Doctor and become a part of the Basement Doctor family? Yeah, great. That's interesting. Uh, Actually, uh, the thing I remember most about meeting Ron was uh, he's extremely enthusiastic and passionate about what he does. He was always, uh, you know, I met with him. uh, He actually drove to me uh, to meet with me uh, to do the interview, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, And uh, he was very excited, very enthusiastic. um, And uh, really, I just got in the 
at that point, at that time, the Yellow Pages, uh, and started looking at waterproofing contractors in the city of Columbus. And uh, I was most drawn towards the basement doctor's ad. I mean, that's what kind of started all of it. I called Ron, and uh, uh, obviously I didn't talk to him at first, but he called me back pretty quickly. And uh, uh, that was the thing I remember most about uh, Ron from the very beginning. And it's the same thing that's true today, is he's extremely passionate, very enthusiastic about the things that he does. So. Well, I think it speaks a lot to his character, too, that he made the uh, choice to drive to you mm-hmm. for the interview. So that's awesome. He yeah, obviously he made, made an wife. investment. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, and then later on in the week, uh, my wife came down because uh, we were going to, I, I lived in Toledo at the time. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, what is that, an hour and a half, yep. two hours away. Um, we were ha- going to have to relocate. My wife needed a job. And so uh, he interviewed my wife and there you go. Uh, awesome. He hired her and... She uh, worked here for a while, and uh, it was a really great experience. That's awesome. That's really cool. Ed, uh, so you mentioned that you were fired when you became, was yes. it a sales manager? <laughs> yes. So Ron fired me. <laughs> Way to go, Ron. <laughs> like, how, I mean, how did that happen? Like, did, were, were there a number of, like, things looking back that you learned from that mm-hmm. kind of were the precursors of you getting fired? And then how did you come back from that to uh, become no, a sales manager? I, I think that's a great question. I mean, the, 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 I guess the crutch of that or the, the main reason why it happened was just immaturity. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time I wasn't ready to accept responsibility for, um, uh, you know, there comes a point where you, you know, in that position, you just have to say, you know what, if it's going to happen, it's up to me. And, uh, you know, the tendency could be to, blame other things or other people and uh, that doesn't really get us anywhere right so um, in fact recently I was reading a book called uh, Extreme Ownership it's written by a couple of uh, Marines I don't know if you guys are aware of that book or not Mm -hmm. but you know in that particular uh, book you know it's on you Uh, and that book talks about that about these are real world um, uh, Navy SEALs did I say Marines Real world, the Navy reason. SEALs, this Navy SEALs, uh, real world uh, stories about mm-hmm. Navy SEALs and yeah. battle situations where, you know, if you don't take extreme ownership in those situations, people die, That's you know? Right. And so this is, I, I think at that point, I just wasn't ready uh, for that level of responsibility. And so uh, there was a lot of turmoil and arguing and excuse making, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, if you're not able to accomplish the task, it's uh, time to uh, step back and um, reevaluate what you're doing, and that's what happened. And I was able to mature back into that position. I mean, the way that I came back from it simply was just uh, get, gaining that maturity, yeah. gaining that experience, realizing that uh, I could mm-hmm. have an impact, yeah. um, and that uh, the only thing that really stops you from being successful is you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. your own roadblock. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. so. Um, I think the other part of that is learning that no matter what you do, uh, somebody told me this here recently, I, I love this, no matter what you do, uh, failure will find you, right? You don't fail, failure finds you, uh, and it's really just how you respond to that that really is the difference maker of whether or not you're successful. Yeah, that's you right. Know, once it finds you, being able to 
uh, realize that that kind of thing's going to happen, learn from that experience and just move on with your life. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to obviously speak for you, but yeah. I know, especially from, you know, my own experiences and hearing other people's stories, sometimes as horrible as the failure is, it ends up being one of the most important lessons in your life because you're going down a certain path. And if it's a wrong path, you hit that roadblock and you come mirror pops up and you're like, the heck was I doing with my life? Like what is, what has been happening? So it's a, it's an interesting thing and it's, it's awesome to see that you kind of found your way back and crawled your way back up and are doing awesome things. So well done, sure, sir. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, well, Ed, I was just going to mention too, you know, the uh, biggest thing that I learned from uh, working with the Ziegler corporation was that Zig always said, every time you have a failure or something negative happens to, uh, towards you or to you, uh, you have the choice. You either choose to react or respond so reaction is you know like emotionally based so you can either get angry and upset and then lash out or you take a step back and really think about the situation was it personally my fault Mm -hmm. and then if it is how can you take steps to you know make a positive change and use that as a learning experience to move forward yeah and i'm fond of saying too uh, one of the things that i talk to uh, sales reps about all the time is you know what should or shouldn't be uh, is almost irrelevant. Uh, mm-hmm. What matters is what is. So we deal with what we have in front of us. We sit down, we take a breath. Uh, when something negative happens, you take a deep breath, you look at it objectively and you say, okay, uh, here's my situation. What can I do to overcome this particular challenge? You know, uh, I, uh, it's funny, I tell our controller all the time, there's really no bad news or good news. There's just news, right? Yeah. So what makes it good or bad is how we respond to it. Do we say, okay, here's some news. Uh, and here's some information, and I'm going to choose to take a positive uh, track towards overcoming this problem, or are we going to become victims yeah. and, and then just let that problem continue to fester? And mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that there's uh, a lot to be said for somebody who just says, hey, you know what, if it's to be, it's up to me. I, I just need to figure this out and overcome this challenge yeah. and figure out how to solve it. Mm-hmm. Be, a, be a why not person not a why person. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> a good action yeah. item right there. Yeah, I'd like to go back a little bit farther in time too and just talk about what got you into sales. Was that kind of the uh, I- ideal situation or or what 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 were you kind of doing before the basement doctor that kind of led you to that pit? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um I was uh in the Navy from 1993 to 1997. Oh, nice. Uh I was a sonar technician. I didn't really, none of those skills really translate, Mm -hmm. you know, to to the outside world. So uh, I did have the Navy college fund. I decided to go to college. Uh, My major in college was quality assurance. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kept changing my major. So eventually after a couple of years, I just said, you know, I'm tired of not really having direction or knowing what's going on. So I think I'm just going to go work. Like, I'm just going to go do work. So I got a factory job and uh, I was working for a window manufacturer. And uh, then I met my wife. And uh, to make a long story short, I quit working. I quit going to school and I spent all of my time with her until I ran out of money. Yeah. I mean, that's really what happened. You know, <laughs> I, it was it was out of necessity. So my father was a national sales manager for a uh, company in Bowling Green, Ohio. He had, um, I don't know, 80 or 90 sales reps wow. uh, all over the country that worked for him. And I never really wanted to be in sales, to, to be frank. I mean, I saw my dad travel all the time and I never, you know, I never felt like my thing, but 
uh, I answered an article in a paper or an ad in the paper that said, um, would you like to make a hundred thousand dollars a year? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, yeah, sign me up. So I went to the interview, no, no sales experience and they hired me and I was terrible. I was just, I was terrible. Yep. I went 30 days uh, running appointments. Uh, I had never, I, I, I sold one project, it canceled, right? So I was driving a night, uh, an F-150 at the time. I was spending a ton of money in gas uh, and fuel and I was broke. I, I mean, I was broke. So I went to uh, the owner of the company and I said, hey, uh, I gotta get a paycheck. I mean, what I, I got to have a paycheck. Gotta I'm broke. Something. Yeah, I got to do something. So put me on a crew lugging buckets, uh, put me uh, in the uh, call center answering phones. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. So uh, he put me in charge of a trade show uh, department. And I had 14 or 15 part-time people that worked for me. Uh, this particular company only generated leads that way. And um, I did that for about a year. And then I got engaged. Whoa. Kind of everything in my life has happened kind of out of necessity, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I run it. So anyways, I got engaged and we decided we're going to pay for our own wedding, uh, which uh, was expensive. Um, and so. Which I was not invited to, by the right, way. Right. Well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't know you. No excuse. <laughs> yeah. I went to yours, though. That's true. Yeah, That's so. true. Thanks but, for that. Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, I, I went to the owner and I said, hey, listen, I got to pay for this wedding. Can I run appointments part-time? Maybe I can generate a couple of bucks. Well, uh, within 30 days, I had sold enough to pay for my entire wedding. So uh, I went to the owner and I said, hey, I want to go to sales full-time. That's kind of how I got into sales. It was really out of necessity and not really wanting to do it. But uh, after I did it for a while, it it became something that I really loved and you know, so the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is pretty great. And you know, and you've been doing. How long have you been doing sales for now? Would you say? Uh, well, uh, twenty years. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine is uh, when I started. Uh, I've been doing sales or sales training, yeah, uh, or sales management uh, for that period of time. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's great. I mean, I love the interaction with homeowners, yeah. and now I get a chance to do that at a different level. You know, it's one thing to interact with homeowners, but now you know I'm interacting with with entrepreneurs and and, and potential business owners, which is a neat change. You know, it's it, it it's it's there's a thought process change. There's um, I don't know. It's just it's all new. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's really cool to uh, nice evolution. To see the di- yeah, it's it's neat to see the difference in, yeah, in how sure. how people think, and so I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, that's, well, awesome. that's cool. And, you know, another lesson that I or that I question I like to ask people is what what, what would you have you know told yourself twenty nine years ago or something uh-huh. when you start sales, but also other people who are getting into sales or trying to start a business or trying to start, you know, startups because the sales techniques and trying to sell to people, I mean, translates to pretty much everything. I mean, you got to sell yourself. You have to sell your idea. You have to sell what you're trying to do. So Mm -hmm. I'm just curious of what, you know, you've, you've done it all. You've been to the top of the mountain and back. And what are some little things that for people starting out that you say, Hey, watch out for this. This is how you should do it. And just little things like that. Uh, I think that what I would say to myself and when, when I t- the light, here's what it is. The light bulb went off when I realized that sales is about relationships. Yeah. Sales is not about a widget. 
Uh, it's not about a piece of plastic. It's not about, you know, you hear people say all the time, well, this thing will sell itself. Well, if that were the case, then we wouldn't need any salespeople, <laughs> yeah, right? So That's right. Uh, the reality is, is that uh, you sell things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is just a thing, but you are what makes the difference. And so uh, I would have told myself back then, stop trying to be perfect at your presentation. Stop trying to be perfect at your scripts. Stop trying to find the magic dust. Stop trying to find the best clothes. Uh, And instead, remember that you're dealing with people. Come from a place of help and just go in and help people. It doesn't really matter what you're doing, selling cars, in-home sales, door-to-door sales, knocking on the door. It doesn't really matter. If you come from a place of help and it is genuine, people Mm -hmm. will feel that and they will recognize that and they will respond to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your objective when you meet somebody is to simply sell them something, you will fail, right? But if, okay. you're, if your objective is to help them overcome some sort of pain that they have, and you are that conduit and you have the ability to help them do that, they will trust you and hire you, if you're trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they'll, they'll extend that trust to you. Yeah, you kind of have to think of yourself when you're a salesman as you're their friend or family. I mean, one of the most important things and for businesses and everything is reviews and referrals and all that stuff. And I mean, you trust your friends and family because they're trustworthy. So why as a salesman, would you be any different? Like you have to kind of treat yourself as that's what you want to try to become, because especially, you know, in your your industry, you say like your people are spending five, 10, 15, 20, $50,000 mm. to finish their basements or to repair cracks or falling down walls or anything. And it's a, uh, you don't want to just hand over 50 grand to someone you don't like. So. Yeah. We, we are, it's an amazing, I, I, I tell our sales reps all the time. If you really think about what we do, uh, our salespeople do on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you, you are going to somebody's home and so you're on their turf, uh, and you are, you've never met them before, mm-hmm. right? You're introducing yourself for the first time. You're going in, uh, and you're creating and building a relationship to the point where you're able to ask them to give you 10, 15, 20, $50,000 <laughs> and they do it mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, I, I think that takes a unique person. Yeah to be able to do something like that. So I guess uh, if, if anybody listening to this is, um, you know, may, maybe you're at a point in your career where you're struggling or, uh, some, you know, stop trying to sell. That's the problem. Yeah. The, the problem is you're going into somebody's home or you're meeting with a client. You are trying to sell them something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get it, right? I mean, that's what you do. Exactly. But uh, you can't put the caboose uh, at the front of the train. Mm-hmm. It goes at the back of the train. Money is the caboose, right? So what you do is you do things in the right order. You help them. And if you help the customer overcome the pain, you're able to, de- you know, to detect the pain, find the pain and overcome the pain, then, then they will hire you. And, and so, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's an amazing, it really it is. is. It's an amazing yeah. uh, thing. It and, is. and it transitions to the fact of authenticity and transparency. I mean, if you go in there trying to sell, 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 people will see right through it and they'll get turned off instantly. I mean, if That's you right. go in trying to be, oh, you got to get this and then you got to buy this and this and this when they don't see the value or need for it, they're going to stop listening to you. They're going to be wait, look for a way to say, okay, see ya, bye. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's the door, buddy. So see or, you later. Or, you know, I'll call you back. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, yeah. Know, nice or, way to do something. Yeah. I'll call you back or, you know, follow up with 
me in a week or whatever the case may be. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's another, you know, kind of point is one of the biggest things is these rehashes or these follow ups where someone says, you know what? Well, well, let's schedule another time or let's let's call later in the week. What do you do? What have you learned that helps get in touch with these customers that you're, you're they're kind of at the end of the rope and you're like one final thing? I don't want to lose them. Right. What, what's kind of some things you have to say about that? OK, so. um the first thing is number the first I guess the first thing is I guess it depends on how we look at this, right? So if it's from a uh, in-home sales perspective where you want to try to get them to contract with you right then and there, the first objective is we got to figure out why it is mm-hmm. uh, that they are uh, giving you that type of information. And you can't pretend to know, excuse me, you can't pretend to know why. Uh, somebody is is uh, telling you they're going to follow up or, or call you back. So you have to ask. And I think the easiest way to do that is give them choices. Uh, here at uh, The Basement Doctor, we kind of have a tried and true kind of what I call go-to uh, trading situation where we say, okay, how do you feel about the company, right? How do you feel about the solution? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the warranty? How do you feel about me? Yeah. Right. And I think the me part is pretty important. Yeah. And if all of those things are great, oh, yeah, we like you, we like the company, we like the solution. Well, that le- only leaves one thing. The, the, the only thing left is what? what? What's the only thing left? Money. Is it money? Money. Yeah. I mean, the only thing left, right, is price. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that's left is the price. And, yeah. and I think if you, can, if you can isolate it down to money and isolate it down to price, Mm-hmm. Uh, you can overcome mm-hmm. 99% of those now. Yeah. And what, well, what, if you're listening to this, what Ed just described is the process of overcoming objections. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, you're right. using those questions to determine their pain points and kind of determine their uncertainty. Right. Because then you, like you said, you figure out, okay, you overcome, overcame all those objections. Now is it just the cost issue? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. If it's just money, I mean, now what is it specifically about the money? They, they mm-hmm. don't have the money, they can't get the money. They, they need financing help. I mean, what is it uh, about the money specifically? And you, you have to do that tactfully, of course, and you have to do it in a nice way. Uh, but if you can isolate it down to money, I think that that is something that is easier to overcome. Uh, it's much easier to overcome that than it is to overcome trust. I mean, people really only do or don't buy for three reasons. There's only three reasons. They like you and trust you. They're urgent and they have the ability to pay for the work. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the only three things. You can lump every objection into one of those three categories. Yep. They like you and trust you. They're urgent and they have the means to either have the money or they can get the money. That's it. Uh, but if if that question is in relation to follow-up, how do you get people to communicate with you? Yeah. The key ingredient there, the most important part of that is how does that person like to communicate? Yeah. Like texting or calling or email, you yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. right. Some I mean, people might respond better on certain platforms. Yeah, yeah. If you try to talk to somebody or communicate with somebody in a way that they don't like to communicate, they're not going to communicate yeah. with you. I mean, right. it's just that right. easy, right? So, I like to ask them a couple of questions. Number one, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Do you like text? Do you like email? Do you like calling? And then the second thing is, when specifically can I contact? You? Yeah, mm-hmm. right yeah, for sure. Uh, and I guess one more, when possible. A follow-up should not be a follow-up call. It should be a follow-up visit. 
right? So scheduling a, another appointment to meet with him in person probably mm-hmm. has the most success. Yeah. yeah. Cause you put a deadline on it right there, then and there. Right. <laughs> it's not a nebulous thing. It's something right. that you can, right. you can both kind of look forward to or something. Right. Um, and another, another, once again, another question I love asking guests too. And once again, don't have to do any names or anything, but over these past, you know, three decades, you've probably seen some pretty crazy things. Any, mm-hmm. any stories or moments that kind of stick out in your brain with that come to the top of your head that you would <laughs> like to share? Oh man. So many stories. Um, and, and, uh, the, the, I would say let's uh, let, let's circle back around that. I mean, I'm sure I'll think of one. Put me on the spot like that is is <laughs> is, uh, is difficult. But there, you know, I have a, a lot of stories uh, in relation to uh, projects. I guess it really depends uh, on uh, what that question is uh, specifically. You know, you mean like I've seen some crazy solutions. I've seen. Uh, things when we go out to do work that you just can't believe they yeah. built the house like that. Um, <laughs> I think I remember one story you telling me about this this guy who had a crack in his wall in his basement for years and he never did anything about it. Yeah. And you came out and gave him a quote or something and then the next night the whole wall fell yeah. completely down. Yeah. I mean just it's crazy things yeah. you see. Oh yeah, sure. So so that that is a true story. It didn't happen uh, the next night though. Uh, what happened was we were out to see him uh, a, a, a a while before so we went out and gave somebody an estimate to brace a wall uh they decided to wait because uh, they said well the wall's been like that forever uh and then we got some real severe weather and real heavy rain and the wall collapsed and you know the thing about it was it's probably thirty five hundred dollars to brace it uh, but now it's twenty twenty five thousand dollars to you yeah. know to rebuild foundation yeah. so uh yeah, there's uh, you know um, stories of people who have fallen down the steps. We've had to take people to the doctor who have you know or to the hospital when they've fallen down the steps. Uh, you know, it, it's fun to get into a room of project managers or sales reps and ask them those questions. Yeah, right. Like, you know, what, <laughs> exactly. What some because you, you there's some uh, crazy stories. Oh, out there. sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, that story, especially, I mean, learning about your story and other things, that one always stuck out because it's such a real thing and it's such a painful point that you just feel so horrible for these people. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah, this thing's been like that forever, but at the snap of a finger, everything could change. It's just, it's crazy how, how things happen. Yes, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. So Ed, I, I want to transition into more of the um, component of you working with the franchises. Yes. So, you know, obviously the Basement Doctor, you know, has been a trusted brand in the industry. Um, to my knowledge, I would say there's really no comparison. Um, so what kind of led to the transition where you guys wanted to do a franchise model? Mm-hmm. Um, and then share a little bit about what people can expect if, you know, they're interested in becoming a franchisee. Yeah. So what led to uh, this venture, I guess, is that there's a lack of this type of offering in the market. Uh, there, there really isn't a, a basement repair franchise like the Basement Doctor uh, out there. Uh, we're definitely a unique brand and a unique organization. Um, and so we saw a, a void in the mm-hmm. market for something like what we have to offer. Yeah. That, that was kind of the thought behind that. Um, the other part of that is a tremendous desire to uh, help other contractors grow. Uh, you know, we've done that through other organizations too. And um, it, that has really led us to this point where we just, 
the basement doctor is such a great brand. We just want to get it out there to everybody, you know, so everybody can see it. Yeah. You've been through the successes, through the failures, all the things that a lot of people that are starting up that are smaller operations deal with. And I mean, you've seen, I mean, pretty much everything. I mean, obviously there's crazy situations that pop up that you'll, people will never expect to see. But as far as most of the cases in the, in the waterproofing and construction world, you've, you've probably seen it and dealt with it. So it's a super valuable resource for someone who's looking to kind of take their, their craft to the next level. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the franchise literally has the system and the framework and uh, essentially a success formula yeah. for what they need to you know, get to where they want to go. So that's why, to me, I'm, I'm like, if I were a contractor in this industry or even someone looking to start a franchise, this would be, there's no one else that's got this trusted model, this trusted system. So, And where, uh, where, is, where is like the delineation between what the franchise, like the parent company offers to what the actual franchisee brings to the table. Well, what do you mean? Or so like, what do you provide? And then what does oh, the people oh, oh, become okay. a fl- yeah, the sure. franchise? So, I mean, I, I mean, it did, essentially the way that this is set up is, is, is so that the, uh, franchisee can focus on the things that they do. Well, they mm-hmm. can focus on operations, sales and installations. Got it. Right. So, uh, what happens, I think, with a lot of business owners, uh, especially small business owners, is they get wrapped up in the business and they can't work on the business. Yeah. So, so we want to provide people with a platform and the ability to work on their business, and, and, and by providing them with systems and and already pre, I mean, we already know these systems work and that they're successful. Mm-hmm. So when executed, things what. Well, they'll have the time and the ability to work actually on the business and yeah. to focus on those things because a lot of businesses get stagnant. They, they, they stop growing because owners frankly get lost in the business. Right. They're too busy doing day-to-day operations instead of focusing on the things that are really going to help them grow new opportunities, uh, new products, things mm-hmm. of that nature. We do all that. We, we, we can help them do all of that or do all of that for them. Yeah, absolutely. And who's kind of an ideal candidate for a, for a basement doctor franchise? Um, so I think that probably the best candidate would be somebody who has uh, some um, a construction experience mm-hmm. or, or maybe there's a current uh, small business owner right now that is looking for a new opportunity or uh, look, you know, maybe you feel like you are kind of stuck in the day to day and you really don't know where to go from here. Uh, I think that that is a really good candidate uh, because we provide them with all of the training, support, uh, information, collateral, sales platforms, all of that to kind of help them take their business to the next level. So awesome. I, I think that somebody who has some of that experience probably would be best. I can tell you that in my experience, it seems like the best sales reps are the ones who are prior business owners who have decided that they no longer want to own a business. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, they have a great work ethic and they're, they've put everything they have into the company and they have to do everything. It's nice to just kind of back away and only have to worry about sales. Yeah, yeah. And so in this case here, uh, we're able to provide that business owner with a, a focus on sales and installation so that they don't have to worry about all of the other yeah. things. That's gotcha. awesome. And you know, as, as far as you are concerned, and as far as people curious about you know the nitty gritty of franchises, obviously we don't have to get super in depth, but 
I mean, how long of a process has this been to set up this whole franchise operation? And what is what has kind of been your your main goal, you personally, and what does the team look like around you? Yeah. So the the it's been a, what a little over a year, probably yeah. a year, year and a half process to kind of get everything together. Um, it takes a while. Um, my main focus has been on the operations side of things. You know, I want to, I have, we have an operations manual. Uh, we've been really working hard on developing sales platform and sales software um, to make it as easy on the project managers, the sales reps, and the homeowners. Um, you know, providing uh, uh, follow up systems. I mean, I mean, there's so many, if you think about it, there's so many things to really think about uh, yep. when, when, when you're starting a business like this. And so we had to go really look at everything from the beginning to the end and really s- make sure that all of our systems were set up to work within, you know, uh, uh, that, that uh, franchise model. Yeah. And then is the basement doctor franchise, is it built up from a lot of basement doctor employees or is it, did you have to bring in some extra help to kind of handle certain areas? Yes. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of the best it, of both. It's everything. Worlds. It's, it's everything. It's, it's, yeah. So, so uh, a lot of littles make a lot. Right. Yeah. So, we were, you know, we, we did uh, use some outside sources to kind of help us pull things together and get organized uh, while we were working on other things. We obviously you have the uh, the legal part of it uh, that you have to go through. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we ended up uh, bringing somebody in house to start working on putting together like operations manuals and things like that. So you, you we're, we're borrowing from other companies. You know, we, we've done a little bit of everything to, to make it all work. Yeah. Very interesting. And I guess for people looking to that may be in a similar situation, trying to launch a franchise and take their business to the next level, what kind of pitfalls have you seen or maybe ideas or examples of franchises that may have failed or the things that you have kind of learned as you've been building this that you can kind of share with the audience and say, hey, maybe be aware of this or be really prepared about this part of it. So I would say that I keep saying what I keep telling perspective. perspective franchisees is is that I think the major difference with the basement doctor over any other franchise organization that I've seen is the support that's in place. Uh, We really have that part nailed down. Uh, Being able to provide the business owner with the right support, product, installation, sales, marketing, the whole deal from beginning to end, we have that support in place. Every disgruntled franchisee that I've ever talked to, yeah. they always complain about the same thing. And that is the lack of support that they get from gotcha. corporate. Mm-hmm. They feel like they yeah. just are kind of set up and then kicked to the curb. That is and correct. Throw them away. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so we know that that's front of our mind. Yeah. And so we really want to provide people with the support that they need in order to be successful. And so I would caution people uh, to make sure that they really vet out the franchise, I would ask specific questions to franchisees uh, of any franchise company or franchisor, uh, what the support is like. Yeah. That, that would be the biggest thing because I mean, it's, it's great. They hand you the system, you know, all this, but without the support, without somebody actually, uh, I mean, that's what you're, you're buying, you're paying for, you're paying for that support. So without that support, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how, you know, that's, that, right. that's what that's what people should really be focused gotcha. on. Gotcha. I mean, because gotcha. like I said, product is product. Yeah, no, of course. No, no, nobody, very few people are buying product, mm-hmm. right? People are buying the way that the product makes them feel. 
Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a desired result. That's that correct. Mm-hmm. That's right. So so they need to focus on making sure that that franchisor is going to be able to deliver on the promises that they make. You create expectations. They need to be able to deliver upon them. Yeah. I have a question, Ed. So like I'm hypothetically putting myself in the position of a potential franchisee for the basement doctor. I go through the process. I'm like, hey, I've, this is going to be a perfect business model for me. I want to do this. But it comes back down to, like you said, uh, in terms money. of overcoming uh, objections. Yeah, money. <laughs> so obviously a franchise, you've got, there's a buy-in for that. Is there any kind of support that this franchisee can get with the basement doctor coming up with you know, creative solutions to come up with the financing to buy in? Yeah, so we have a couple of different partners in respects to that. Uh, they're outlined on the website. Uh, awesome. Beta Trends is one of them. Uh, we also are looking at programs through CF Bank, and uh, uh, there's another organization that we work with, Prosperity Partners, that uh, actually um, even does like uh, uh, angel investors mm-hmm. and things like that. But it seems like a real popular way for folks to pay for franchise uh, purchases, at least up front, uh, is with 401k. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you don't you know you don't have to pay that 10% penalty. So yeah. that definitely helps. Uh, so I, you know, those are some of the things, but yeah, you got to get creative. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, it, there, there certainly need, you certainly need to have some capital, uh, mm-hmm. to, 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 get things going. Uh, and sometimes you do have to get creative and, and we're more than willing to help with that process. Awesome. It's all about that support. That's <laughs> right. For sure. And you know, when you're launching this, this franchise operation, is it, I mean, obviously you don't want to say, Hey, anybody in the world can become a franchise cause you got to be able to support them. Are you kind of targeting certain areas or do you have that approach of, Hey, we'll go wherever it takes to make this thing work. Yeah, so we feel like, uh, again, uh, to fall back, I know I keep saying this, and, and, and it's going to get boring before too long, <laughs> but uh, I mean, to fall back on the fact that we really want to be su- uh, supportive, we, we, we're, we're trying to grow from from home out, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Which so, I think is a smart move. Yeah, so, so places like uh, Chicago, uh, Pennsylvania, um, Cleveland. Go you know, Cleveland. Cle- Cle- yeah, Cleveland. <laughs> so, Super Bowl Browns. Do a Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, those kind of places. <laughs> Shout out to Harrisburg. <laughs> yeah. So, so growing into those areas that are close to home so that we can provide some really good, strong local support. Uh, to learn uh, the ways. So you, when yeah, you expand, it makes it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Ed, so how can, if people are, you know, listening either audibly or even watching the video, how can people get connected to learn more about becoming a franchisee? So you can go to uh, basementdoctorfranchise.com. Uh, all of the information is listed there. Uh, our contact, our phone number, the email, uh, anything that you would want to know about the uh, franchise itself. Um, uh, the services that we provide, mm-hmm. you know, uh, basementdoctorfranchise.com would be the best way. And then if, uh, if somebody wants a phone call or they would, you know, we're interested in talking to somebody about the opportunity, that information is there too. And we'd awesome. be happy to talk to them about it. Cool. Great. That well, was awesome. And then, you know, I, I have just a couple more questions about, yeah. um, the future of basement doctor franchise. I mean, where do you kind of guys, what's the big vision of this? Do you envision having, multiple headquarters around the country do you envision having expanding some of your services is there anything that you're really trying to push towards and really lay the foundation for in the future yeah our 10 year our 10 year target is uh 100 franchises throughout north america servicing as many as 500,000 customers okay that 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 is that's our specific 
uh, target. Uh, that's our BHAG. Right? Mm-hmm. BHAG, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big hairy <laughs> audacious goal. That's right. That's a, that's our BHAG. Yeah. Um, and I knew one of those people. Once. You know, for anybody who knows uh, Ron Greenbaum or BHAGs, okay, uh, you know that he is very fond of hitting his BHAGs <laughs> and uh, very uh, uh, driven mm-hmm. uh, to hit those. And I can't really think of too many, if any, that we have never hit. Yeah. Uh, and so, or um, go way beyond, or go beyond, <laughs> or go beyond, right? So, yeah, we're not in the practice uh, at the basement doctor, whether it be the basement doctor locally or the basement doctor franchise, of not hitting goals and targets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what good are them if uh, set? What is good? What good is it to set them if you're not going to hit them? So, That's right. um, that yeah. is the B hack. And speaking of you know these B hags and these goals, like how how does one come to these numbers how do they come to these goals that are not just throwing a dart at like a board and saying i want to make 20 million dollars this year like what do you look at to really set realistic goals and obviously you know you want to set them a little higher so you work a little harder but what are some some tools or numbers or things you look at that really help you pinpoint where you want the company to be one year five year ten years from now yeah goal setting is one of the things that i really love um uh, I, I've spent a lot of time doing that throughout my career, obviously with being a sales manager. You start with the end in mind. Uh, that's the way that you set goals. And I think sometimes we limit our success because we are afraid to set uh, larger goals. You know, um, used to be uh, most of what I read was you set small goals, you achieve them, then you feel good about it and you just keep growing. But it seems like the opposite of that is what they're talking about now, which is, is that you set these real big goals. Mm-hmm. And even if you fall a little bit short of the really big goal, you still do more than what you would have done before. Cause you always strive to hit the big goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that one is necessarily better than the other. What I do know is, is that you do have to challenge yourself. And so you start with the end in mind and you usually can do more than what you think you can do. Yeah. So you limit yourself. Um, and if you start with the end in mind, even if it doesn't really matter how you want it, with the sales reps, I set that with income, right? So what is it that you would like to make in say 2019? So you ask yourself that question, what type of income level do you wish to be at in 2019? Mm-hmm. And now ask yourself, what does that look like? How do you get to that point? Uh, does that look like uh, you need, to, if you're an in-house sale, in-home sales rep, does that mean you have to run two or three more appointments each week than you did last year? Uh, does that mean your closing percentage has to be 5% higher? Does that mean your average sale has to be a little bit higher? Start with the end in mind, challenge yourself and stretch yourself and you, you will hit your goals because you will automatically take, if you're committed to that goal, you will automatically take the steps and actions yeah. uh, to do that. So, um, And it's important to f- either physically write it down or have it visibly in front of you every day. Yes. <laughs> and, and if you it's don't funny, see it, it's out of your mind. at the end of the stick. Yeah, I, I, it, I tell you, uh, this stuff uh, it cracks me up because I, I can find just as much information to support the opposite of that, Jason, right? So you can yeah. go online, you can find all kinds of stuff and say, okay, well, you should write it on a piece of paper. I remember my dad telling me years and years and years ago, write it on a piece of paper, fold it up and put it away where you don't see it any day, you know, every day, and then look at it every now and yeah. again. Well, and you gotta do what at. works for you. Right, Like that's for right. me, that's I right. that's physically write it down, or uh, like now with technology, with my iPhone, I pop up my notes tab and I've got uh, my notes app and I've got a to-do list and my goal list in there. Yeah. 
So I look at that every day and, you know, I'm making sure I'm tracking that. Uh, but yeah, you got to do what works for you. Yeah. And, and in-home sales, I find that the, the, the best way to track your goals is to track them on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, you pick a number goal and you track it every day, every time that you make a sale, you subtract that from the total for the week mm -hmm. uh, and you track it. But remember, a week, a bad day doesn't make a career. Yeah, That's right. 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 A bad week doesn't make a career. A bad month doesn't make a bad a bad quarter doesn't make a career. Right. A bad year doesn't make a career. Like you, you just if you have a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad quarter, what a bad year. Okay, it's just part of the process. Of course. Mm -hmm. Refocus, recenter, figure out. You know, think, uh, uh, set some goals, decide what it is you need to do to hit those goals, yep. and realize that. If you're going to overcome those challenges, that's up to you. Yeah, that's right. And that's, it's kind of an example I love to bring up a lot is, you know, baseball. I mean, hitters, the best hitters in the entire Major League Baseball league are hitting maybe 350, 400%. So, six, I mean, six out of 10 times they're striking out or they're getting out. That's so right. You have to kind of think of it that way. Like the, the MVPs, the all stars, the greatest people, they're not hitting it every time and doing right. stuff, but they're continually to practice their craft, to work on it, to get better, to every time they step up to that plate, have some better way of how they're going to approach it and stuff. So yeah. it's just. Didn't Babe Ruth have the strikeout record? Or I think something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's crazy when you <laughs> think of it that way. But I, I right. just love that example because it's so easy to look at. Because you look at these things, and you're like, wait, these guys are only hitting it 33% yeah. of the time and they're striking yeah. out? You think these guys hitting home runs all the time yeah. and stuff? It's I mean, so they're consistent. Yeah. You know, they keep trying and keep exactly. keep the efforts there. Of course. Yeah. So so a lot of that deals with uh, opportunity, right? So um, they say luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. and, and so different people see opportunity different. You know, I, I, the way that I look at that with, say, Babe Ruth does have the strikeout record more of those pitches he viewed as an opportunity to be able to hit a home run, right? Yeah, oh, now yeah, he learned so. from each one of those. <laughs> sure. oh, yeah. He learned from each one of those. You know, success is when opportunity and skill level are supported by attitude, passion, and enthusiasm. That's yeah. a basement doctor's uh, uh, a success formula, right? Mm -hmm. Opportunity plus skill level supplemented by attitude, passion, and enthusiasm. So if you have an opportunity, which any pitch coming to the plate is an opportunity, yep. the mm -hmm. question is, what is your skill level to take advantage of that pitch? And what is your attitude, passion, and enthusiasm about swinging the bat in the right way to make sure that you hit a home run? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, people miss opportunity. I can't remember who it was that said this. I should know this, but... Jason Flagel, I think. <laughs> <laughs> people usually miss opportunity because it's dressed in overalls mm. right it's work uh, yeah you have to find opportunity yep. so uh, we have an acronym at the basement doctor that I constantly talk to the sales reps about and I know that my sales manager does this now too is photon f-o-w-t-a-n find opportunity where there appears to be none mm. we miss opportunity because we're not looking for it yeah. that's it I mean there's opportunity every day every time that you do something. Yeah. You walk into a gas station, there's an opportunity to make somebody's day, right? You could just by saying hi to somebody and smiling at them. It's that simple. You it have really that is. opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, How's you, your day going? Yeah. Checking in, I mean, it's. Right, and, and, and then they see the logo on your shirt 
and they go, oh, you work for the basement doctor? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I have a, my mom has a problem in her basement. Can you come out and take, right? It, it, it's about be putting yourself in a position to take advantage of those opportunities when they appear. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Well, well I, I mean, you become the, you become the per, the go-to person that's because right. you, you know, Zig Ziglar said it as well, to sell is to serve. Mm-hmm. So if you wake up every day looking for those opportunity to serve other people, it's not a matter of you're selling them something because at the end of the day, if you're adding value to them, they're going to buy what you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're going to be like, hey, wow, how can I help you even more? Yeah. So it's it sets yourself apart. And I think, Ed, I think you've actually said this to me before I've heard you talk to other people is that, um, you know, while you are working for a company and you're building your brand, you're also building your brand. Your brand. And you are a company in, a sen- in every sense of the manner because right. your idea and your brand and your disposition and the way you present yourself. And I mean, I know you, you talked a lot too about as, as much as little things as how clean is your car. Right. When you drive up to someone's house and they see there's papers everywhere and it hasn't been washed and it's dirty, yeah. that sets an expectation that this guy doesn't care about his st- self. Why would he care about my interests mm-hmm. and stuff? So yeah, there's right. a lot of little things that you really need to focus on and realize inwardly that will help you as you deal with people in your everyday life. My question, Ed, is when are you going to do your course or your book about what you just said <laughs> on sales? <laughs> well, I do have some white papers that I've re- I, I have stuff, right? I, you I, gotta I, do I've it, never, got I, to. I, I, I type stuff out all the time, yep. like, because yep. I'm all, my brain is always working. Right. And uh, I'm not ever going to say that, I, I'm not going to say I'll never write a book, but uh, the written word is not really my medium. Like mm-hmm. I, I do write stuff down for myself, but I much prefer uh, face-to-face yeah. interaction yeah. with people. And I feel like um, it's hard to really get a feel for what people uh, really mean when you can't look them in the eye. Right. Yeah. So, so, so important. Um, you know, a book is – I listen to books all the time. I mean, I probably – I don't, I don't do a whole lot of reading, but I do listen to a lot of books because mm-hmm. I have a 40-minute commute into work. Yeah. So that means I, I got a 40-minute commute in, and then on the way home in rush hour, it's usually about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a couple of hours every day to, to learn. Yeah, that's right. And uh, most people listen to music. I listen to books, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, so I listen to a lot of that. There is a lot to be learned there, but I really feel like, a one-on-one is the most is that's my my way to contribute. That's the best way that I can yeah. impact is 100%. by doing sure. it like that. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, mean, I think you. I think Adam. I think could say that too because, like you know, uh, whenever I write stuff down, it has to be uh, read and reread, and people have to fix it. I mean, oh, it's yeah. Yeah. it's ra- like I. I, uh, thera- it's somewhat therapeutic to me. So I just data dump onto a piece yeah. of paper and then I'm really the only one that can make any sense of it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, face to face interaction for yeah. me is best. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe Adam and I can uh, team up with you one day and do the, uh, online course or something with you. Make it happen. Stay tuned. There's one question that I did want to jump back to before we kind of wrap things up a little bit, but what I'm curious about, and you kind of brought this up a little bit about, you know, finding leads and finding things, but when you're starting off as, you know, the Basement Doctor franchise, obviously it's going to be a little different clientele than your customers. In some cases, obviously there's some overlap, but how do you start about finding these potential franchisees? Like what, what are the processes in place to, to reach the right people and find the right people for your business? Yeah, so, well, we're trying a number of different things, or there's enough, you, you know, you have to do everything. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah, right? I so, got you. <laughs> so, so, radio, 
Uh, which, you know, lately we've been hearing a lot of radio advertisement. I think that radio is, is big in the franchise world. Uh, FM and AM, just anywhere? Is it uh, yeah, I, I think uh, pr- probably more AM for, yeah. for here locally anyways, oh, okay, uh, gotcha. you know, um, but probably both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think part of that has to do with uh, who is it, th- who's your target market? Like mm-hmm. who is it that you're trying to appeal to, right? Mm-hmm. So um, postcards, radio, uh, we're doing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, social media, uh, things like that, but a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, I, I, I uh, podcasts there's web podcasts, yeah, podcast, <laughs> web, web portals, um, you know, uh, print. Yeah. You, you got to do a little bit of everything because uh, people consume information differently. So. Oh, for sure. That's right. Yeah. And find what sticks and yeah. roll with it. And yeah, get the and most important things is having the analytics and having the statistics yeah. and trackable links and making sure you know that the effort you're putting in is actually getting it back instead of just throwing things That's out right. there. to yep. Hey, let it fly. The number one way, though, I think uh, probably the number one way uh, is through relationships. You know, we have uh, as the basement doctor, we have relationships with a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. manufacturers, suppliers, um, you know, other contractors. So just even just getting the word out through relationships, yeah, uh, you know, is a good way to do it. Because those, uh, if you have relationships that you have with people, um, good relationships that you have, uh, they're going to passionately, you know, go out and, and, and share your story with other people. For sure. so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, a, let, let your customers carry your water. There you go. That's exactly right. <laughs> Well, that's enough. It's, it's been it's been such such great information. It's a, it's it's so interesting because because you, you hear about franchise, you hear about McDonald's and all these people who you know do certain things. But it's nice to kind of understand the people starting it and doing things. So I think it's a lot of valuable stuff. But uh, I, I would like to kind of take a little pivot. And what do you like to do outside of franchising? Oh. Outside of you know selling people and changing people's lives and making a difference <laughs> and you know fixing the world as I they know, say right? and <laughs> making people millionaires too if they buy into the I franchise. Know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. What what does what does Ed Meyer like to do when he's got a free moment to himself? Okay. Well, I'm a fairly boring person. I uh, <laughs> believe it or not. I, I think no that way. part of that is part of that is uh, uh, when you uh, pour your heart and soul into your work. Uh, outside of work you really uh you know i just want to unwind like oh, yeah. I, I just I, a lot of times i enjoy doing nothing frankly you know i go on vacation and people say what are you doing on vacation and i say absolutely <laughs> nothing yep. right because every day is just 100 miles an hour right mm-hmm. i do however uh my son and i both enjoy the movies a lot uh mm-hmm. we definitely are movie people so we spend a lot of time in the movies i watch a lot of sports what's the best um, movie of 2018 oh I don't know. That's I've seen so many movies. Infinity in War. Yes, no, so good. I saw so many movies in 2018. I know. Um, I was thinking about the other day. Like, I don't f- even know. Yeah, well, there's a few of them that people, everybody should see. Like everybody should see A Star Is Born. I couldn't believe it. I still haven't seen that. I need to. Yeah, see I haven't it. seen so it either. Good. I've heard it's so good. Su- such a. I cannot believe that uh, Bradley Cooper did all of his own vocals yeah, on yeah. that. I mean, it is such a great. But anyways, we're going to get off into a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, Infinity War was great. Anyways, I, I love movies. Uh, I I love sports and and watching sports. Um, I do a ton of reading or listening to uh, books on tape. Uh, Any I, favorite book, um, Ed? Uh, so I have a number of. I get every, my next book is always my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. But way. I can tell you the best. There, there's the best book that I 
listened to or read in 2018 Mm -hmm. was extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. Anybody who is listening to this podcast that does not go out and get that book uh, is insane. I I told all of the sales force, funny, I I told uh, our sales department to go buy that book. And then a couple of weeks later, I asked who who went and bought it. One person raised his hand and I said, (laughs) shame on you. I mean, that book is uh, so good. Um, And it's got everything you would want. It's got life lessons. It's got great storytelling. I mean, you're talking about Navy SEALs Mm -hmm. uh, in in the middle of battle. And I mean, it's just such a great book. And a lot of lessons in that book, and so uh, that would be. Um, I, I recapped and read a book again uh, in 2018 that I think everybody should read too, which is called "The Five Dysfunctions of a Team," mm-hmm. uh, which is so so good, uh, especially if you're a team-oriented organization. Uh, it really uh, uh, gets to the heart of the matter of trust and uh, building the uh, relationship on trust. So that's another great book. So. Uh, th- those would be my two recommendations. Awesome. Yeah, those are really good recommendations. <laughs> yeah, so that's, a, that's exciting. Any movies you're looking forward to in 2019? All of them. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot believe what 2019 has in store, especially if you're a Disney or like superhero fan. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, I mean, Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Episode Nine, Lion King, Aladdin. I yeah. mean, it's, it's insane. There's so it's many. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Aquaman just uh, broke into I saw the, the top 50. One. Yeah. I've heard yeah. that. It was so good. good. I liked it. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was, it was my favorite too. DC, well, with the exception of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was really good, but Aquaman was probably my favorite DC <laughs> yeah. so far. I think that they're stopping the, they're not, uh, they're, they're trying to get away from the dark. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, which I actually like. I did too, uh, actually. But, but Aquaman's funny. Yeah. I mean, right. It's got a lot of good, a good, Jason, uh, Jason Momoa was a funny yeah. guy. Yeah. Right. He, uh, do you guys know about him personally? He's such a family man and yeah. an uh, incredible dad. Oh, yeah. nice. Like, uh, I think Levi's, uh, jeans, he's, uh, he works with them because uh, he's being sponsored by them. But he, in one of his commercials, he talks about being a dad and how it's so important. And yeah, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. No, he's <laughs> he's good, and he's uh, married to uh, um, the sea from uh, from <laughs> the, the 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 I forget now. one of the kids from the Cosby Show. Um, oh. Oh shoot! I can't remember her name. Anyways, tune in next know. week. When he was a kid, when he was a kid, was I, I just listened to an uh, a interview with him when he was little, like seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. He was watching her, Lisa Bonet. Anyways, yeah, he was watching her. He was watching her on the Cosby Show, and she was a teenager on the yeah. Cosby. Oh, yeah. so he was a little kid. He was like, and "I'm going to marry that his girl. mother. I'm going to marry that." <laughs> oh my girl. god, oh, that's so funny. Spoke it into existence. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. See, uh, that's going to drive Speak me crazy. Your goals. <laughs> Speak your goals and make them happen. Hold on a second. That's going to drive me crazy. Yeah, I was about to say you got uh, this beautiful iPad in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I know it. I, I got to find out who he's got because uh, um, I'm not great with names. Yeah. Here. Let's see here. I always love the. I always love those stories of someone who has that vision and they just yep. make it happen. It's just. <laughs> it's uh, it's just great. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Lisa it. Bonet. That's who go. it is. Lisa Good Bonet. Work. I was oh, right. You got it. Wow. Well done, sir. I was <laughs> right. Yeah. So and uh, she and and he's uh, she's quite a bit older than him, but yeah. uh, he he knew when he was a little kid he was going to marry her. So <laughs> so he's funny. an he's an e guy. Oh yeah, yeah for he's sure. An sure. E guy. So well, Ed, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing some awesome tips and to, and uh, ideas and stories and everything for people mm-hmm. looking to get into sales or franchising or just be a better person basically yeah, yeah um, sure. and you know you, you mentioned before about how people can get in touch with becoming a franchise but is there any best way where they can get in touch with you as well 
Uh, well, you can get in touch with me uh, through, obviously, through the franchise site. Uh, Which uh, is basementdoctorfranchise.com, right? Basementdoctorfranchise.com, yep. right? Uh, you know, I you can email me uh, at uh, emeyer at mybasementdoctor.com. Uh, if there are any questions or if somebody wants to communicate with me directly, that's E-M-E-Y-E-R, and it's at mybasementdoctor, all spelled out yep. on World Word. Uh, dot com. So uh, that would be another way. Nice. Awesome. And any final words for the listeners or people out there? So, uh, yeah, go get them. <laughs> that's yeah, what I like. Know, I like. Make it uh, yeah, yeah, that's Take right. That step. Make, make, make it happen. And, uh, here, here you go. I'll, I'll leave you with this. Uh, done is better than perfect. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, we spend a whole bunch of, I guess this is uh, rel- relative to the new year too. We spend a whole bunch of time planning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. We spend weeks and weeks and weeks planning on what we're going to do. Yep. And then we don't do it, right. right? So done is better than perfect. Yeah. We're trying to be perfect yeah. and just get it done. Right. Take how the action that? and I follow it. through. All right. That's I love awesome. it. Perfect. <laughs> well, Ed, people don't care how much you know. Until they know, until how, much they you know care. how much you care. Such how about that? There you go. Brilliant. <laughs> Freaking brilliant. I can keep going. Hold on. Let's go. Let's go. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Uh, uh, sayings with Ed Meyer. <laughs> well, Ed, thank you so much for being a part of Grow Like a Pro. And once again, we are so thankful for you sharing your time with us. And we look forward to having you back to hear how this franchise operation is going. And uh, we wish you the best of luck, my friend. And uh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you, having man. me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Have awesome. a great day, everyone. Yep, bye. And we are back in the studio, and it's still video. Yep. I would. Some would say it's a miracle. I know, crazy. And, some and would, the camera's still working. And some would say <laughs> that we are better done than perfect because it's hard yeah. to reach perfect. But we're trying every day. We get one step closer. Every day, a little bit closer to perfection. <laughs> bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, another great episode by Ed with some awesome tips and tools and techniques and all that good stuff. And I really feel like Adam that I could listen to Ed's sayings. Just a podcast by itself. Podcasts, <laughs> podcasts. I love podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no. He's. He, I mean, that's. He's been doing this for so long, and you learn so much. And he's one of those guys, you know, especially sales managers and salespeople. They're out, uh, you know, on the front lines. I mean, they're yeah. the ones who really do get to experience the stories and get to really talk face to face with customers. And that's it's. Right. It's. I mean, it's. It's super valuable. What. What he's. What he's learned and what he's shared so it's it's really cool yeah for sure and i mean there's i can't even talk about all the growth tips that were in that episode adam uh, i feel like <laughs> luckily Ed, you don't have to because we have a whole episode about i know it. Uh, i need to uh, listen to it multiple times <laughs> and watch it multiple yeah. times now that we're on video so uh, but yeah so i mean weird. ed is so um he's got such good insights what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> Now people can see the weird things oh that happen behind God, the camera. It's, it's so crazy. I know. We, we were talking. It's weird because, you know, we're so used to just audio, but now we have yep. to pay attention to the camera and do all this stuff. So, so it's, many it's other fun. things to worry about now. <laughs> so we thank you for being along for this journey. And, and That's right. Know, Don't make fun of us too much. <laughs> well, just a little bit. Sometimes it's enjoyable. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. The uh, If you've got um, questions or comments that you want to see uh, become part of the show, just send us an email to hello at Grow Like a Pro Show. We would love to get some of your feedback. Adam and I actually got some awesome feedback from one of our listeners. Shout out to Nate Reed. Nate, you know who you are. 
thank you so much for your awesome constructive uh, criticism and feedback. We love getting that kind of info just to be able to help improve the show for you guys. I mean, that's who we're trying to serve, and we could not do this show without you guys. So be sure to like and share all of the content that we're putting out there because ultimately we all want to grow like a pro in the end. Yeah, so that is the goal. I mean, like us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and find us all over the place. And, and you know, as Jason stole my thunder with, hello, at Grow Like a Pro Show, <laughs> that's really a way to get right in contact with us, not that's some right. other random person who's answering our emails, but with us. Yeah. We want, like I said, it's, it's all about helping grow and doing stuff. And, you know, with the growth of the studio itself and us going on video, we are looking at new ways to expand the show and to really make things mm-hmm. bigger. And as we say, we want you to be a part of it. And that's not just some marketing speak or anything. It's the truth. Yeah, We're trying to sure. do all this for all you wonderful, beautiful listeners, especially you. That's right. You. I can do that now. (laughs) Well, the other big thing too, Adam, for us is Adam and I want to be extremely uh, accessible to you guys. You know, when you send an email straight to us, we, we see it immediately on our phone. So, you know, it's not someone that you're going to try to go through. We're, we're very accessible. The, you know, our offices and our studios are open as well. So we really are here to serve people. Just like what Ed talked about, you know, in the in the episode with him with uh, selling, to sell is to serve. We're here to serve you too. Yep. And we obviously want to thank our sponsor, Basement Doctor and Basement right. Doctor Franchise for helping make this possible and the studio remodel and everything else that happens are, are thanks to sponsors like the Basement Doctor. And we want to remind people if they want to learn more about becoming a franchise, if you've ever been interested about it, go to BasementDoctorFranchise.com. Once again, that is BasementDoctorFranchise.com. Yep, for sure. All right. Thank you guys so much. And we will catch you next time. Bye, guys.